Our meditation this evening is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 21 to 30. When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he was speaking. And there was, leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. Then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now after the piece of bread... Simon, Satan entered him. Then Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. But no one at the table knew for what reason he said this to him. For some thought, because Judas had the money box, that Jesus had said to him, Buy those things we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. And having received the piece of bread, he then went out, and immediately, and it was night. Is there anything worse than being betrayed, especially when it's somebody close to us, a friend that we thought that we could trust and count on. Is there anything that hurts more than finding out someone you love stabbed you in the back? Or is there anything that's harder? Of all the things that God has asked of us, is there anything as hard that God has asked us to do as to forgive someone we feel has deeply betrayed us. In C.S. Lewis's books, the Narnia Chronicle, I think it's a, the third book, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, Lucy happens across a spell that lets her to see anything that she might wish to see, and she uses it to spy on one of her very best friends. And here's that friend saying some pretty mean things about her behind her back. The book very much implies that after that point, Lucy and that girl were no longer friends, even though Aslan explained to Lucy that her friend had only said it because she was trying to fit in, get along with the group of girls that she was hanging out with. Betrayal is one of the things that hurts us far more than, than anything else. And Jesus, of course, was also betrayed. He was betrayed twice, in fact. As we heard in our Meditation text this evening, he was betrayed by one of his closest friends, one of, the, one of the twelve, one of the disciples whom he himself had chosen to do, to, to include and to keep close. So why did Judas do it? Why did he betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver? The Gospel of John actually gives us some important insight into the heart of Judas and John chapter 12, verses 4 to 7, we read that one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take that which was put in it. Jesus said, Let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. Why did he do it? The Gospel of John shows us that, well, for one thing, Judas was greedy. 
the love of money, the desire for more than what God had given to him had entered his heart. He had failed to learn contentment. He wanted more. And so he took what he wanted. And no doubt he also convinced himself that he deserved it, and so that really it was okay for him to take from the money box. So the simple answer is, yes, he was greedy. But the Gospel of John reveals a little bit more than that to us, doesn't it? It also reveals that he was guilty already. He already had stolen that which did not belong to him. He'd already started down that road of taking what was not his. And we all know how having once started down a road of sin, how easy it is to take another step and another step and another step. How easy, having taken one little step and thinking, well, this isn't such a big deal. This is just one little incident. It becomes so much easier to take the next. And after all, having become guilty, already being guilty, we are tempted to think, why not continue on? Why not have more fun since I'm already guilty of this sin anyway? Judas was greedy. Judas was guilty. He was probably also angry, wasn't he? Scripture doesn't say it specifically, but notice how Jesus publicly rebuked Judas. Judas thought that he was saying a good thing. Oh, let's take the money and give it to the poor. And Jesus contradicted him in front of everybody. We know how easily we can get angry when people tell us we're wrong. There's nothing that we as sinners dislike more than being told that we're sinners, having our sin pointed out to us, especially in such a a public setting like this. And so it's not hard to imagine that part of the reason that prompted Judas to do what he did was anger. Look at what Jesus said. Look at what Jesus did to me. Maybe a little bit of revengeance there. The Gospel of Matthew actually gives us a hint at a fourth attitude, a fourth reason. Matthew 27, verse 3, Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he, that's Jesus, had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. This passage doesn't specifically say, but it does very much imply that Judas was rationalizing his decision to sell Jesus, doesn't it? That Judas thought at the time, well, it's not really going to hurt anybody. Yeah, they'll take him to trial, but there's no way they're actually going to condemn him. There's no way they're actually going to put him to death. It's not hard to imagine Judas thinking, this will work out great. We'll all have 30 pieces of silver. We'll be rich, much richer. We can use the money for good things and nothing that bad is going to happen. It's not really going to hurt anyone. So what's the big deal? Until, of course, all of a sudden it does hurt somebody. And then he realizes the, the depth of his mistake, of his sin. Greed, guilt, anger, rationalizations. Does this all sound familiar? The desire for things that we don't have, 
The, the guilt of knowing that we are sinners. The, the anger of, well, they did this to me. They deserve what's coming to them. And the, the rationalizations by which we convince ourselves that it's not really that big of a deal. Judas's thoughts here are undoubtedly a reflection of our own. Jesus, Judas's hands, the hands of a betrayer, are undoubtedly a mirror of our own hands. Are, are our hands the hands of a betrayer? You notice in our text that Jesus said, one of you will betray me this evening. He could have taken Judas aside. He could, he could have talk and talked to him privately, but he doesn't, does he? And he doesn't say which one, but he says to all the disciples, one of you will betray me to the twelve. And I think he's speaking to us there too, isn't he? Immediately at his words, all the disciples begin to talk amongst themselves. Is it I? Is it I? They begin to examine their own thoughts, their own hearts, their own hands. Are my the hands that will betray the Christ? Certainly God calls us as well to examine our own hearts and hands this evening. It's easy to sit and talk about what Judas did wrong. But when Jesus says, one of you will betray me, we have to ask ourselves, is it I, Lord? And indeed, how easy it is for Satan to lead us astray with those same four attitudes, those same four thoughts that we see in Judas. The greed. I deserve better. The rationalizations. It's not really going to hurt anybody. The anger. Look at what they did to me. And the guilt. Satan leads us around like a bull with one of those rings in its nose. He gets a hold of thoughts. He puts thoughts like this in our head and we often don't even fight, don't even struggle, but follow him right into the temptation, right into the trap that he has laid for us, just like Judas. And yet, despite the fact that we are so easily led astray, despite the fact that Satan, we know how easy it is for Satan to tempt us, we are often also so unwilling to forgive those who likewise have been led into sin and temptation, whom we feel have betrayed us. I said that Jesus was betrayed twice, right? And the first one in our text, of course, was Judas. We could add to that list Peter, of course. Uh, we heard in our Passion reading how Peter was going to betray the Lord. We could add to that list all of the disciples, certainly, who ran away from him. We could add to that list the, the crowds that hailed him as king on Palm Sunday and yet stood at the cross jeering him on Good Friday. We certainly could add to that list ourselves. All of those would be a very valid second choice for who betrayed Jesus. But all of those really boil down to the same thing. Humanity. 
betrayed Jesus, didn't we? As John reminds us, or sorry, as Isaiah reminds us, all we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned every one to his own way. And all of that betrayal, the betrayal of the entirety of the human race against Christ, is still as nothing compared to the second. So how does that passage in Isaiah finish? All we like sheep have gone astray, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus was indeed betrayed twice. First by us and Judas and the apostles, and secondly, by his own father, who turned his back on him and left him on the cross so that Jesus cried out, my, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus accepted that betrayal for our sakes, didn't he? Accepted that suffering and that abandonment by his own father so that he could forgive Judas and us, the ones who betrayed him. In our sinfulness, we so often betray even those that we love the most. Speaking words without thinking and doing things that hurt one another because we want to, thinking we deserve it. In our sinfulness, we refuse to forgive those who have betrayed us, even though we can't possibly claim to be any better. But Christ, of course, accepted the betrayal of the Father so that he could forgive us. He accepted God's hands of betrayal so that he could wash the hands of our betrayal clean by his blood. The hands of Judas, the betrayer, as well as the betrayal of our own hands are washed clean in the blood of Christ who died for our sins. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.